I could take out of my life everything except my experiences at St. Andrew, and I still have a rich, full life. But the last tee shot I hit was more like it, that one in the playoff. Against Biden and Ray. That's right. The best thing to win the Masters, you, you will be here forever, as long as, as you are still alive, so that's the best thing. I'm very happy. Welcome to episode 107 of the Talking Golf History Podcast. In an episode, I think I'm calling VonCon Rambling on Architecture. Before we dive into this slightly chaotic podcast, I thought I might try to explain what's about ready to happen. A couple of months ago, Von Halyard and I returned to Landman, and on a whim and more than a couple drinks, we decided to record a podcast with no direction. I have edited this podcast very little, so you will hear some of the inside the podcast comments that usually get cut. You will hear the folks having some drinks next to our table. You will hear the wind, which picked up during the recording, and even an unplanned, impromptu interview. If you have never listened to this show, maybe listen to any other episode to get an idea of what this podcast is really about. For our faithful listeners, I just want to know, did this show suck? And now, with lots of noise feedback, beeping carts, drunk golfers, a dog, a spider, and mother nature, two golfers rambling on about golf course architecture. Should have like four more of these beers before we start. All right, live. This won't air. Not this part. <laughs> live from Landman Golf Course. Yeah. Talking golf history, episode to be determined. The state of modern architecture compared to the oldies. Yeah. Perhaps. Let's start here. How 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 this place turn out? This is. Yeah. Came back. Second time. This is our third. Right. Third, yeah. We played two times last year. We played the day before it opened, and we played the day it opened, right? I played, played it a few more. You've played it more, and then I've played it today, and we're yeah. playing again tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, it's phenomenal, right? Yeah. So what do you think? I've been here a lot, so what's your impression of coming back cold? You know, I think it's matured really well, but I, I think when we played it last year, it was in phenomenal shape too. So, And the greens were a little quicker, I think, today. I, I, you know, the thing I always take away from this is how vast Landman is. I think that's the best word for it. Like, you know, the hazards are vast. The green, compu- you know, the green compounds are vast. Everything about this place is just massive. It's expansive. Yeah. Absolutely expansive. Polarizing. Yeah, to some. I mean, I was on yeah. social media today uh, praising Landman, and there were a couple people saying that they really hated it. Yeah. If you if you are about organized parkland, kind of small tidy features, you don't don't come. Yeah, look at you just pointing at people. They they won't like <laughs> it. I'm just trying to save people time. Yeah, I mean, I just think I really, think no, I, I'm I'm not mad at them. They no. just won't like it. Don't no. come. Yeah, I, I mean, I think everyone has their different tastes in what golf is, and um, you know, not every golf course is meant for everybody. I think. Uh, I'm trying to think if it was Alistair McKenzie. I think Alistair McKenzie once said that, you know, if everybody enjoyed the golf course, he didn't push the boundaries enough. Right. So I think criticism's a good thing. If it's too predictable, that's not a good thing. I mean, listen, if, if you're going to throw open criticism at the course, I mean, there's, a, there's an easy bullseye, I think, to be had. I love it. I think some people hate it, and that's the fourth green. Oh, diabolical yeah. right yeah i i compare the fourth green to you know some of the drawings of dr alistair mckenzie for augusta national some right. which were built some which were not and almost none exist in their you know original state but that green is freaking diabolical right it's insane and i, I you know the only thing i would say when we were talking about it today was that one of the ways i think you can really defend it is it's a 300 and some yard hole 300 yards 290 depending on your tee box and you're hitting a wedge 
So I think you can be about as crazy as you want when you're hitting a wedge into a green or potentially driving it, but that green is – it's tough with every club in your hand, including a putter. Right. I think that it it has a lot of mode space that is uncuppable, but that doesn't mean that you don't cut it to green height. Yeah, I think you just I, have yeah, – I think that's – you have some limited choices of where you should put the cup and where you should hit the ball. And I think from our podcast with Rob Collins, that was kind of his take too, was um, just because it's cut to green height doesn't necessarily mean it's green. Right. Right? Exactly. I mean, green is really to be interpreted for, you know, the putting surface and where the pin is. I mean, if you look back in the olden days, the green used to be, you know, three club lengths from the hole. That was the definition of a green. So, right. you know, I think in that ilk, it's maybe a very small green compared right. to some of the massive ones out here today. We should move on to other things before too long. But yeah. uh, favorite hole today? Favorite hole? Um, I mean, can we can we not? I mean, we're both going to agree, Seriously, right? It's the Redan. Seriously, really? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I had to think about it, but yeah. I mean, we both birdied it. Yeah. Uh, I think. I, I was a really good caddy for you. Proper club selection yeah. was appreciated. And then you hit one to like, I don't know, what was that, 20 feet? Yeah. Knocked in the 20-footer. And then I hit a beautiful four iron, kind of curved around. It went high. It got caught on a shelf. Yeah. And I thought, you know, we're in double, you know, or four-putt territory. And then it took one rotation and almost rode in the, ran in the hole for a and kept moving. one Yeah. So, golf architecture, what do you think? Let's move on to yeah. the bigger picture. I mean, it, it's – it's a good time to be a, a, a uh, golf course. Of, yeah, sure. Yeah, and appreciative of golf architecture. I'm going to make a controversial statement and say we live in the best times, literally ever, at least in the United States, for golf course architecture. And yeah, here's I think that's and, fair. Here's I my saying, argument. I think I think you have to narrow it to the restoration and renovation oriented uh, North America. Well, yeah, to North America. Yeah. So. In that ilk, we're restoring all of these classic golf courses of the golden age that people are finding a new appreciation for, thanks to the likes of these great golf course architects. Um, Founded, we may say, on the backbone of Ron Pritchard and Ron Force. Their initial work to restore courses, is that fair? That's fair. Uh, Doak was very early as well. I think the three of them were really early on the. And truly trying to restore, of restoring and restoration classics. of classic courses that had fallen into disrepair. Essentially, so so I think the restoration is part of this. I, and if you know, if if we're talking about the golden age, I don't know what you want to call this. Is it the platinum age? I'm arguing it's better for this stance. We're getting the same courses we had from the golden age, but that we're getting them restored. We're getting new golf courses from the masters of today, and then to take it one step further. Let that let that beep go away for a sec. Yeah, to take it one step. <laughs> he did that on purpose. Yeah, peeling to ta- out. <laughs> to take it one step further, we're building golf courses that are publicly accessible. Right. Right. So if you look at the resumes of Alistair McKenzie, you've got one, two public golf courses in the United States, yeah. right, that are accessible, if you will. Um, you have, you know Tillinghast, known for Beth Page Black, but. Right. You have, um, obviously, Donald Ross, plethora of work. I mean, I think he's a great example of a Golden Age architect that we can play fairly common around. But then you get C.B. McDonald. What do you have, like the Greenbrier? Is that the only option? You have Seth Rayner, maybe with one, maybe two courses if you count. Uh, Lake Wales, you know, Country Club, which is not really uh, Seth Rayner anymore. Right. And yet you have Gil Hans, Tom Doak, Corin Crenshaw. All these courses at, and then you have the unbelievable work that I, I, I think it's going to be very fascinating in the future, how future golf course architecture enthusiasts and historians look at the genius behind Mike Kaiser. Right. And the risk, you know, built on Prairie Dunes, right. which upon that, you know, threshold was built sand hills right and then upon that threshold band and dunes and then now we're in this amazing era where you too can play a gil hans course you can play a core crenshaw you can play a dope Sparked by mcclay kid yeah kaiser throwing a 
hairball in the air and said, hey, build me a course. In the middle of nowhere. Nowhere where we think maybe we'll get five, 6,000 rounds a year. If you build it, we will come. Yeah, maybe. If not, we don't care. It's got to be really good. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of it. People are saying, well, you know, public golf deserves to be really good now. And it is. Yeah. And then let's look at your project, right? I mean, I think that's a great example because we're taking a public golf course that Donald Ross built and delivered and Tumblebrook. And it sat dormant. It closed. It was abandoned. It was being looked to be redeveloped. And tell a little bit about that story. No, Josh Woodward took his kids to play golf, found that the course was closed, went to the town and said, hey, you have a Donald Ross. They said, yeah, we've kind of heard of him. He explained, and he essentially said, hey, I'm going to try and save it. Started calling around and finally got a hold of uh, some folks at the Ross Society, and he ran into Pritchard and uh, gave him the story, and Pritchard introduced him to me and Joe Bausch, and we kind of jumped in the middle of it, and, and it we had a great town meeting where we had to basically take the covers off. And uh, it's kind of interesting. We were presented to the Parks and Rec Commission. We had to get their approval. And the Parks and Rec, yeah. the town council says, well, four or five people usually showed up to this. There's 30. Yeah. And they all look mad. They're pissed. Yeah. And we think, damn, we're screwed. And long story short, there, when they listened to our presentation, one guy came up and said, wait, let let me understand, you're going to restore this course and make it better? And we said, yeah. I said, shit, we thought you guys were going to build condos. We were going to cut <laughs> your heads off. So that's really where that was a, a testament to the public appreciation of, of investment in great public golf. I mean, yeah. I think that's that's where things are, and golf courses in cities and counties and states just have the right to be better, and if you make them better, you're recognized for your investment. Yeah, but yours is even a – a unique microcosm of all the things that have come before it, right? It's right. Restoration of We're classic golf courses. We are courses. beneficiaries of everything yeah. from from Pritchard restoration to Ross appreciation to to an appreciation of nine hole excellence. You know, kind of sparked by full circle Rob Collins and Tad King and yeah. Chris Wheaton's Cove. Cove. Yeah, but and then you have you know you're restoring something. It's a classic course. It's a public golf course. It's nine holes. It's a fabulous story. Yeah, that should be celebrated. Yeah, hopefully we're gonna, you know, we're we got to all go through a, uh, the standard hurdles of zoning and environmentals, but uh, all indications is that it's going to be very well received by the town uh, and has a good chance of being successful. You all know, right, so I'm gonna change subject on you. Yeah, go ahead. So I grew up in Iowa, uh, University of Iowa grad. Go Hawks! And we have talked about the golf course architectural highway that runs through the beltway that runs through Iowa and what ideally we would like to do in the state of Iowa or what we'd like the people of Iowa to do to take under their wing and run with. I don't know if we want to talk about it because we're going to have to break some glass to get it done. I think done. we have to break some glass. Um, the people who will hate us don't listen to this podcast. No, yeah. Quite frankly, think- only these guys at the table over here listen to this podcast. It's <laughs> like a all, about ten guys, all four of them. Ten people here, <laughs> but they recognize you and your your Ernest Hemingway looking, the Ernest Hemingway <laughs> douchey looking hoodie boy look. True. The, um, uh, I think we, we got let's start with the East. Well, East is you know there's some interesting stuff that town of Bettendorf did a, a great putting course. Mm-hmm. They should be recognized for that. Um, it's called the Forge. And I went and played it and, and I th- flew the drone through it. It was just tremendous recognition of, of the recreational value of, of a piece of ground that could both be useful for training and putting and, and place to hang out. Yeah. Uh, and then you go up the river to Private Davenport Country Club. So Dav- Davenport Country Club, uh, Allison Course, restored by Ron Force. And Jim Nagel. Yeah, and w- walk through that. That process and yeah, I mean, they, most a lot of people didn't know. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people don't know who Allison is now, but yeah, a lot of people back then probably didn't have an appreciation for what they had. Is that fair? No, absolutely. Uh, you know, and it's always been associated with a Colt and Allison, but Colt was really never there. Yeah, um, our Colt, friend Allison McKin- yeah, 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 our friend Adam Lawrence, who published the editor of Golf Course Architecture, is doing a pretty significant book on Allison. So we. We should be able to 
reference that, and he yep. spent some time working, looking at the history there. And we'll have uh, him on the podcast. Yeah, and they um, they did a long term restoration. You know, they've gone at it two or three different versions where they would cut some trees and do some bunkers, and people appreciate it. So they went back, cut some more trees, uh, redo the greens, and bring things back to life. And now they're in another planning stage where they're gonna where everybody appreciates what they did and now they're going to go the full full nine yards and say you know what we come this far let's do a tremendous piece of of the last part of the restoration restore the lanes um let's take that out more trees now? yeah that'll be done over the next few years wow. they're going whole hog that's amazing yeah. i mean it's already a phenomenal course I phenomenal think. course spectacular isicn't it ranked in the top 100 like, it is. for golf week right for uh classic yes, golf, golf courses week, top 100 um is it classic it's classic yeah I think it's in golf. It's close. Yeah, it's in the top 100 in a couple of different yeah. places. Which is, I mean, testament to the work that's been done there. And, oh, yeah. And then I think the appreciation that people are starting to have for Allison and his work. Well, once you see it and once you feel it, then it gets better and you say, hey, yeah, this this could be better because we cut the corners. We were afraid to do it last yeah. time. Now we're not scared anymore. I think that's what's going on, too. Yes. In golf course architecture is yeah. there's another level of boldness that is being taken to the restoration that people were slightly fearful of, you know, getting, you know, terrible feedback from members for yeah. going full bore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we went through it at Cedar Rapids. Take, we started with three holes. This is what it will be like. Uh, and people said, oh, yeah, that's really nice. And then it got to the point where people wanted to just play the same three holes on over, and it finally supported our case that we need to do a restoration. But even then, it was, well, yeah, take this, but don't take too many trees out. And, uh, yeah, these bunkers, these are Ross, but let's not put too many in. <laughs> uh, and then we lost 1,100 trees in 45 minutes. And now every the current membership is like, hey, if we're going to do it. Let's do it right. So we got Pritchard back in. We're going full bore, full restoration. Uh, we did it ourselves last time. This this time we're We've got a full, almost design build with Pritchard's on site and working with Ron Hart. And the, the change in tune from the last time, like, hey, don't take out this bunker or don't put this bunker in or don't cut this tree is, hey, what do you guys need to do it right and do you have enough budget? And so, that, and by the way, this is stop number two on the beltway that runs through Iowa, yes. Cedar Rapids Country Club. Yeah. What does it take to get a membership from – Hey, we're going to do a restoration, and we're going to take it so far to full commitment. Is it just a buy-in of, you know, wow? I mean, you had a forest at Cedar yeah. Rapids Country Club. It used to be a forest. Yeah. Like a forest preserve. Yeah. It was a tree farm. Should have been called the tree farm. It was and a swamp in some places. It was. And so you take out the trees, and all of a sudden you're getting raves and reviews, and now it's like, wow, maybe – we should have gone full bore. Is that it's and organic. Then a ratio? Well, <laughs> yeah, it was organic. I think that we took out the trees. We uh, Pritchard did a hell of a restoration, uh, and then people started appreciating, and then people started traveling more and saying, "Hey, yeah, we're we're actually better than this place that's higher rank. We're better than this place," um, and they got a sense of what architecture means for playability, for the health of the course, for the financials of the course, and, and I think as they come back, they say, "Hey, you know what we." we did a really good job and you know what if we weren't so chicken shit about taking out this this last grove of trees what if we weren't afraid about putting in a waste area or bunkers here and we could really make it excellent what if we wanted to truly get the the wide lanes of play that we see at places like um eastward ho yeah you know places that 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 have rolling hills that have really taken advantage of their land uh, what if we did that? What would it be? I, we bet it's going to be excellent. We should go ahead and do it. At, and those guys we wanted to kill last time were right. Let's go support them. And that's really what happened to us. Yeah. So uh, that baby support, step support was is kind phenomenal. of – it wasn't a baby step. It was, it was, a, it was a major restoration. But that step really made everything else possible. Yeah, it made it – it, it, it was the groundwork uh, for evolution to excellence. Because had you proposed – what you're getting next year, it would have been completely shot down. No, no, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. Yeah. All right, third stop is yeah. actually getting done. I mean, this was a yeah. – we talked about this like a couple years ago. Sure. Wakanda. It, yeah. Right, not the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but Wakanda in Des Moines yeah. is um, a phenomenal template to build upon, right? Yeah. It was um, 
True Langford and Moreau, Langford big Moreau. features, big yeah. fairways. Massive. Massive bunkers. Again, just huge. Again, had a tree problem. Tree problem where they had changed the greens, changed the routing. Um, it really was kind they of abysmal. Yeah, because I've never played Wakanda. That's one no, of the horrible. ones that it was, uh, and I can say that now because they're going to fix it. But it was, it really was a shit show. They had trees, uh, they had trees growing out of the bunkers that were originally there. Oh wow! So you could go into the woods in the forest. You could see where the actual routing used to be, and they had over time, as many places had, they you know shrunk in the fairways, shrunk in the lines of play, and and the trees. Had ended up in the bunkers. You could dig down and, and find the sand. So finally, they got to a point where the membership became architecturally astute, and there was a little bit of pressure from Cedar Rapids and Davenport. I mean, mm. we, we, you know, I, out of respect, I wouldn't, you know, some raiders wouldn't go there because if they did, they would have gotten eviscerated. Yeah. So I think the the membership has has voted to really go back and do a full bore restoration with uh, Tyler Ray, who started under Ron Pritchard. Yep. Did some of the shaping at Cedar Rapids. Yep. Fair? He, yep. yep. He was a shaper at Cedar Rapids. Uh, Ron hired him. Um, that was one of – he did that there and at Barton Hills, I believe. So that was kind of Tyler's first step into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a crew, and they're going to go full bore. And the membership has gone for a full – Have you seen of, it, the plans? I've, yep, seen the plans. What, uh, can Dan you, what can you tell me about it? Oh, it's going. It it goes back to the Langford and Morrow tree plans. removals. Tree removal. Wow, tree obliteration of trees. Right? Amazing. I mean, That's great. You know they have to they have to get thirty yards in some some fairways. They have I mean, to, yeah. I mean, I've always seen aerials, but yeah. it, was, it was no. They're going to do it right. Tight, tight, tight corners. Yeah, and when they do it right, it will be spectacular. Yeah, It'll be one of the most spectacular pieces of, of golf in the country. So, what do you say right now? We've got uh, someone listening to the show right now who's a member of Wakanda, and they've been critical you know there's members that are critical of the restoration um you know as someone who's gone through it i've gone through it too at my club yeah what what advice would you give them without swearing at them good <laughs> no just yeah well you can always bleep it up um for, I, I think restoration committee member yeah von Hyatt, yeah uh, the violent restoration yeah um i think they need to to embrace it yeah because the club was not up to its potential and it's it it yeah, as a member of the Iowa Golf Association board, we need Wakanda Wakanda to be excellent. Yeah. And if again as a member of the Iowa Golf Association board, Association board, if Wakanda is as excellent as it has the potential to be, that's a hell of a, a rota if you go Cedar Rapids, Davenport, yeah. Wakanda. It's a triple crown. Harvestor, yep. modern Harvestor yep. by Keith Foster and Keith just redid Harvestor over the last couple Harvestor over the last couple of years. Um, There's going to be a vodka lemonade vodka coming lemonade. from the crowd if you didn't vodka hear that. Vodka lemonade. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right here. Yeah. 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 And your name is? Yeah, I'm Jake Stair, York, Nebraska. Hi, Grace. Love you. <laughs> Grace, I do too. Yes. Look at the guy. We're keeping it in. Security. <laughs> Security. Take this one. It's this guy. So, yeah, Wakanda. Um, I'm excited about that. I mean, it's uh, the Triple Crown. You know, you can go four feet if you go a little further north. It's gonna be a, it's a tough, tough battle. Uh, classic courses. Harvester classic. is genius. Keith did a great job, and he redid it and fixed some of the things. Again, that's another example of uh, an investment in initially public access golf. Yeah, private played investment. It, played it as a public course. Tremendous investment in publicly accessible golf. That. Uh, was probably ahead of the curve where yeah. the public was not respectful of, of the investment. And the, the ownership decided, well, you know, we're, we're going to start over. They called Keith Foster back, and, they, and he redid it into a spectacular piece of golf. It went private. Uh, and then because of membership and play and appreciation of what had been done, they have reinvested and renovated their previous renovation in the last three years and made it even better. Yeah. So again, that speaks to the public appreciation of of golf architecture. The architecture matters. You know, the golf matters, not the houses, not the real estate, um, not the casino. The artwork, the golf the itself art. is currently. This may not be always be the case, but currently the the quality of the golf architecture is the anchor tenant for investment and insight and excitement. Yeah. So there's one left in. Uh, Finker. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
I listen. I hate Man, Iowa State. Come on. I really hate Iowa State. Nothing about Iowa State makes oh, me happy, yeah. but it pains me. Like if you want me to be a fan, a Cyclone fan, Man. do this. Restore the Vink. Like you know, everything about Vinker, by the way, is the right story. Yeah. Like it was built during the Great Depression. Yes. Check. Right. Check. Yep. It was built with public access. Okay, yep. so that's amazing. But second of all, like there is like pedestrian walkways and parks built into the original plan by Perry Maxwell. It's like it is everything we want community golf plan. to be now and five years from now, and it was so ahead of its time. Yep. And it's become a tree farm. It's become diluted. and Bushes, poison ivy, they rerouting. Could have, they could have Yale. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean. You, well, Yale was a battle. We yeah. should come back to it that. It was. And I'm, I'm hoping Vinker will come around, too, because yeah. I just think the Vinker investment in that has so the positive. potential to be spectacular. Um, you could have one of the best college golf courses in the Midwest. Yeah. It, it, it could be spectacular. Perry Maxwell. The features are there. All of the the architecture is buried in bushes. Yeah. Uh, but there's you know there's support there. I mean, again, we support it at, at the the statewide association. That's uh, very Iowa State heavy. Yeah. Uh, we've got you know we have support of the McCoys. You know, Mike McCoy is the uh, is the Walker Cup captain. So he's going over there, and we've got support from Zach Johnson, who is the Ryder Cup captain. So Iowa's got a lot of a lot of captains, and uh, to a person, everybody's go. Oh, we've got to get together and fix Vinker. Yeah, and I think there's 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 hope. It's a very progressive athletic director, um, Jamie Pollard, who I think we could speak to. Hopefully, we're speaking to now, and this will leak and get into his ear. But uh, you know, if he really were made to understand the value of excellent golf. And what that can do, both from the perspective of, of alumni, alumni engagement, and tourism, and and just ac- academic and athletic excellence, all of those things can be realized and enhanced with the restoration of Vinker. Well, and I think there's a possibility for like a public-private partnership. I think yeah. people would invest from outside of the Iowa State Alumni Association yep. into restoring Vink. The Vink. The Vink. You know, the other one, I mean, it's not on our corridor, but. Don't. Don't even say it. <laughs> I mean, I'm an alum. Hey, d- you know, big shout, out to, big shout out to the super uh, super G, Tim Gravert, who has resuscitated a golf course at the University of Iowa, Thinkbine. Yeah. That was really on life support and should have been allowed to die. Yeah. It was so bad. It was bad. really bad. It was really bad. Ago. I, I refuse to play it. And we get a little soundtrack with this. What's going on there? One great thing about recording live at the at the golf course. Is that One Direction? What is it? No, it was for four. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's kind of the the restoration of yeah, Iowa. Yeah, so we we'll get out of Iowa. Like Let's talk about Yale. Yale's a good topic. I mean, Yale's gonna be a lot of fun, right? Yeah. You got Gil Hans hired on to do the job. It's a battle, and, and Yale is not easy because Yale's on basically magma. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Um, I mean, their endowments hard as a rock to, billions, to move and dig. Billions so. and billions of dollars, but they don't or haven't in years past put the money in the golf course. No, and I think Anthony Piapi did an amazing job of cataloging the struggles of Yale right. over the last couple of years. Yeah, like to a point of like a Greek tragedy. And yep. now we have this great news that it's going to be restored, hopefully, right? Hopefully, knock on wood, whatever you do, yeah. is that we're going to spend the right amount of money to make sure that the course is taken care of yeah. after the restoration, which I assume will be the case. Yep. Just say we don't want to pay royalties for the song. Were <laughs> no. you just going to do it? Yeah. Well, that's gutsy. That's how, that's how somebody got shot. <laughs> Who fucking turned that off? All right, where were we? No worries. We just want, didn't want to pay the royalties for the music. <laughs> we're cheap. Nelly would want to check. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Oh, no, thank you. It is amazing, isn't it? Thank you. 
Yale. Back to Yale. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I just mentioned that uh, Piapi's done amazing work cataloging, you know, the disrepair the course has been in. Now we have Gil Hans restoring it to its glory. It's going to be really amazing to see what Seth Rayner's Yale looks like restored. Right. Like, it could be really exciting. It's massive. I mean, it's a big piece of gold. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, the interesting part is that, again, it took – it took a lot of heat on, on, a, on a pretty important institution with one of the nation's best architecture schools to, to respect the Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of yeah, I didn't even think that of that, that aspect. Yeah. They, you know, I think that there's, there was shame involved to try and get it done, plus, you know, some pretty significant donors yeah. to come get it right. But they're, they're doing it right. It's going to take a while. It's a two-year project. Is that right? I think two or three. Wow. It's a lot of granite there. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the plans for it. Yeah. Um, you know, I know a lot about the restoration going on at Oakmont Country Club, yep. also by Gil Hans, but um, that's going to be really interesting as well because it's, so it's it, hosting it, the 2025 let's talk about, U.S. Open. Let's talk about some of the gems like that, like Oakmont. Why yeah. Why does Oakmont need a restoration? That's a good question. Um, I don't have an answer for you. I think you'd probably yeah. have to ask the membership. But I think, I think if you look at Oakmont – over the last 120 years, if you look at it over the last 120 years, I think you'll see that it has morphed. Yeah. Uh, the fairways have become narrower. And I think in this age of restoration, there is is a want or need to restore it to what it was. Now, um, I don't know this. I'm probably going to speculate a little bit. Uh, I saw an interesting article. I think it was, was at Golf Week magazine yeah. um that some of the membership is unhappy that you know they're narrow they're widening up the course in some spots and they're narrowing some of the bunkers right and that's and that's an interesting dichotomy right because right. you have a course that is built to be a monster it was right. built to hold usga championships and has been you know literally the home if you want to call it the, of, the, of the u.s open and you're doing things that could be perceived to be making the course easier. Right. Which isn't always the case that you and I know. Yeah. But I think I think the, the tougher part is not necessarily what's being done. I think the stress level is the timeline in which it's being done. Right. And, you know, they're doing – they did the front nine this year. I think they're doing the back nine next year, somewhere around that. And they're hosting a U.S. Open in 2025, which is like tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> they're 10th, wow. by the way. I believe it's their 20th major. Yeah. The most. Um, yeah. U.S. Open's 10. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be really interesting. I think um, I think a lot of people – I mean, we could jump into LACC here. I think yeah. a lot of people, in my opinion, overreacted on Los Angeles Country Club based on what happened on Thursday. Well, people always overreact based on the score, well, yeah. which is ridiculous. Well, and they always overreact with USGA because, yeah. like, there's a certain – percentage of people that no matter what the usga does they hate it yeah so if it's too hard that's like you're manufacturing it and if it's too easy it's like this isn't a u.s open course yeah. and on thursday we got you know this isn't a u.s open course it it's i mean i heard preposterous takes that's a horrible course it was wet like, i mean you know, it's like the same thing there as were people saying it was a horrible course i'm like yeah it's not a horrible course it's like when the 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 wind had laid down and the marine layer which you heard about on yeah. tv was in yeah, and, you know, I lived in LA forever, yeah. and when the marine layer is in, it's wet. And you so it was wet. It was a little easier to get, and and it got harder. It tightened up every day. Yeah, they and they kind of expected it. They weren't freaked out, and I thought it was fantastic. I did too. I mean, was, I, I mean, look at one. look at you know the final groups, right? right? I mean, I think that speaks for itself. Yeah, right. Is McElroy's in it, and you know, you had you know everyone was in that thing. Yeah. It seemed to the end. Here's the absurdity of it: if if you fault LACC for what happened when it was damp and the wind was down. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to move off of the old course? I mean, no, you can't. Right? If well, the wind is but, down. But, but here's the kicker. I mean, I think the argument might be, the flip on that might be that the USGA, the US Open is the toughest test in golf, right? I mean, they'll accept a 20 under round at the, at the Open. Sure. You can't shoot 20 under at right. the U.S. Open course, or people will no. lose their minds. But they adjusted. 
Yeah. You know, the absurdity of, of, peop- of professional golfers, of which I'm not one of. But them complaining about blind shots, I thought was embarrassing. Yeah, we talked about that today because Lampan has a lot of blind shots, and I don't. I think I speak for you too, but yeah. we love them. Yeah, right. Like it's part and I'm of not, the adventure. I'm not that ball. good, but I think it's just part of the game. It I am be, really good, and I love them. Yeah, you're I'm really not, good. I'm not really good. You're I'm pretty really good. good. I'm pretty good. <laughs> but um, no, I just think, and I think that's maybe you know that article. I don't know when it was written, what day it was written on, but I mean that could have been information you were getting on Thursday and not information you're getting on Sunday. Yeah. Of here's two sixty twos, you know. Yeah. How do we look at that? But I mean, I'll say this: like, I think it's extremely brave to try to restore Oakmont. Yeah. I mean, like, it's kind of like now I. If if I'm going to get this wrong, I'm going to apologize, and I'll apologize to Ben Crenshaw if I'm wrong, but. I believe someone once asked Ben Crunshaw if the greens at Pinehurst 2 were the original greens that Donald Ross designed. And he said no, rightfully not. so. They've been flashed they were up not, and They were not domed. Yes, they were not domed. And so part of the same question was, would you ever restore Pinehurst number 2's greens to what Donald Ross intended? And, and ben I believe Crenshaw the answer said, was hell no. I'm not touching them. <laughs> I'm not touching them. I'm not touching them. Yeah. Because at some point, the expectation yeah. is, this is Pioneer's number two. Yeah. Whether it was intended or not. Now, it had morphed we, to that over time. Yeah, and we deal with this now, and you yeah. deal with this more with the Donald Ross Society, is now everybody, or I think people are coming out of it now, but I mean, like, everybody was thinking, you know, tortoise shell greens yeah. for Donald Ross was the only way he ever did it, and when in fact, I don't know if he even did a lot of them. No. A uh, few, maybe. He just did a few that... that but then they morphed at Pioneer's number he, two. He didn't do anything. He was he was more organic in his design philosophy. He went with the land, and he went off the top of graphical maps. I mean, he did a lot of stuff that was not necessarily towards a form. Yeah. But we've talked about that in other pods. We can uh, You know, let's let's on. jump into this. Um, so Adam Lawrence and Golf Course Architecture Magazine, by the time – this airs. I think the article will be out, so I think it's fair to talk about this. Um, and and I, I don't want to put words in Adam's mouth, but I, I feel like he stumbled across a story when he came out to Bel Air, which was green speeds and slopes on greens. Right. Right. Interesting greens. Like, in other words, so, and this is true. I mean, the faster your greens are, the more uninteresting they will be. The more boring the they have to be. The flatter they have to be. The <laughs> one-sided they have to be. More tilted versus. And not the slower, but, I yeah. mean, if you're looking at something at a 10 versus a 13, you can have unbelievable contours in those greens that are interesting. Right. Let's let's dive into that a little bit. Like, how does that – like, there, there's a di- – there is a – right now, I think we're in an interesting – cornering golf yeah. an intersection where we want the fastest greens possible to emulate a u.s open course or oakmont and yet we see places like this at landman right where gotta run amazing them at 10 contours right there's no way yeah these if you hit 13 on here just shut down the course for a while right like it's unplayable so how do you take that to a membership that's a tough one, right? I think that we and that might be tougher in a restoration. It's hard to we're gonna to slow break down the people. greens. Greens, green speeds are like crack. It's like methamphetamine yeah. for golf. People get addicted to them because they like to. Oh, look what are the how green speeds today? Uh, you you bring a guess. What are the green green speeds are thirteen? Whoa, oh, you got a good course. Yeah, and I, you know I think the fault of the PGA Tour, you know, yeah. playing fairly uninteresting greens week after week that are allowed to be run at 12 13 14 yeah um and you you know you couldn't do that at, at lacc you can't do that at brookline uh and those are phenomenal events mm-hmm. um you couldn't do it at a cypress point yeah you know, I mean, there is a reason that these architects built interesting features into their greens back in the day because it made it more challenging and it, and it changed the character of the shot from day to day yeah you know, if you put it on an upper plat- plateau one day and it's down in the the front, which may be lower at a different 
you know, say if it's a, a rainer course where you've got, you know, double plateau green, you can put it in different places. Yeah. If you got to run on everything at 13, 14, 15, you are limited where you can place the pin and you are limited in the, the kind of architecture that you can put on the green, which makes it boring as hell. And I think we, we are luckily, again, in a, in a position where people are becoming more astute with the characteristics of great golf architecture, where they're more appreciative of different characters of greens and a little more leery of just running something fast for speed's sake. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, we're seeing it at Bel Air, right? Our greens are yep. insane, some might say. But, like, I don't think you can find – I mean, you play out here. These are amazing greens. Yeah. Like, I think – with subtle humps and yeah, and you know you get twenty foot breaks and stuff like that. You can't that see you can't that really on a see. yeah, phenomenal. Something right? that Just, changes its its shape over 20, 30 feet um, is spiders trying to kill me. <laughs> <She's> running, <laughs> Something that I don't know if you know he's, over, he's running laps. <laughs> yeah, around he's the doing table. laps around the tail. Yeah. Um, I lost my. Oh, it, you know, if you can't do that with speeds of thirteen, you can't change the shape subtly. Uh, and, and introduce interesting features to, to green surfaces if you're going to run something at 13, 14 every day. Can't have interesting pins. Yeah. I mean, I, life, I, I think life in golf gets a little boring, and I think, gee whiz, the, the only way we're going right now seems to be more speed, more speed, more speed. Yeah. When, when, in fact, if you were to ask Tiger, the best way to probably Tiger-proof a course is to slow down the greens. Yeah. The only time you hear Tiger complain <laughs> Is on slow greens. Why? Because it breaks more, and you can put the pin in really amazing locations. Well, let's talk about, like, the Redan. Oh, God. You know, and our friend, young Ty, now 13 years old, who learned about architecture by firing at pins, and then we told him, don't fire at the pin, fire at the side. Like 50 yards almost yeah. east of pin. He learned it, and, and um, you know, I, I mentioned that because that's perf perfect example of what some of these kids who are phenomenal players are taught fire at the pin yeah fire at the pin yeah fire not fire at the middle just fire at the pin yeah um and then figure it out once you get there because Hit as far as you can yeah and fire at the pin because the you know the green is probably going to be kind of slick and you just putt better yeah you know putt at it and it'll get there and you don't have to fight for anything you really don't have to think about it just fire at the pin well, and that's the PGA Tour, too, right? Yeah. There's well, no that's angles. where they came from. There's no strategy. So it's that's whoever drives it the farthest and puts the best that week yeah. wins the tournament. And, and you know, I, I should qualify. We're not, we're not bashing the PGA Tour no, players. Just, They're phenomenal. I mean, they are not normal people when it comes to golf. Superhumans. They're superhuman golfers. Yeah. Uh, it's just that they are not necessarily inclined to, to. Well, you're, you don't want to play courses that have yeah. interesting greens that have or to be if they run do, at they, 10 they or 11. They don't see them. Yeah, right? they don't I mean, see they, them. You just, there's, what, three or four, yeah. maybe five golf courses on the PGA Tour that have, you know, real strength of architectural build behind them? I think so. There may be more. Yeah. But I can't think of too many offhand that don't show up at a major. Yeah. Well, you know, I, it's kind of an interesting point because um, I, I was – can't remember if it was uh, a New York Times article or a Wall Street Journal this year. I was interviewed about the PGA Championship, and the question was, why does the PGA Championship have better golf courses? I, I, it might have been. The question might have been, terrible golf courses compared to the U.S. Open. And first of all, I corrected them because they've been making great strides in the golf courses they have. Oak Hill. Oak Hill. Uh, they have uh, Aronimate coming up. Yep. But they also have. Don't say them out loud other courses <laughs> they have other courses on there yeah. that you know let's say I, i'm not criticizing but i'll say the architectural aficionados of today thumb, thumb i mean their, again thumb their nose to, in in the defense of those courses those courses were made and and built to deliver what was in vogue at the time championship level course championship level courses yeah yeah so i i find that interesting and the argument by the way for the u.s open i was like listen you have a championship that's gone back to 1895 yeah um it's the most prestigious tournament outside of maybe the masters in the united states yeah and they have 30 years of like selection i'm like yeah. your first pick's gonna be the u.s open if you have a choice no yeah. and there's no bearing on the pga championship it's just that's a fact right and then I, but i said the greatest thing the usga ever did was put that list out so far. Right. Now, there's some open spots, 
But now you can go to those other golf courses, other country clubs, and say, hey, we'd like to have you host a PGA Championship. And I yeah. think a lot of those courses are going to be a lot more open to yeah. it. Yeah. Which is good news. You know, let's talk about the women. Yeah. The women are getting access getting some to some amazing golf courses. Nah, Pebble Beach. <laughs> Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach. <laughs> How amazing is that going to be? Astonishing. Right? And their their show is just so And they're going to be playing it from like a great distance, right? Yes. Like that 6500 to 6800 yards. I mean, it's just going to be in Lancaster coming Lancaster up, right? is coming up. We're it, playing that later this year. Yep. It, it's just going to be. I'm excited to, be, to see. That's another force uh, in Nagel, right? Yeah, it's, that's a restored Flynn. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the in the, the world of Flynn and Philly area, um, I mean, the women, the women course selection, and, and I think that is just going to keep getting better because – they hit it really far, but they don't. They don't overpower it, so they they have the perfect yeah. length. No one's hitting for some it of the three eighty like courses. McElroy's hitting three eighty out yeah. there. Like that's not going to happen. So. Yeah, yeah, not yet. Yeah. I wouldn't say it won't, but it, not yet. That's a good yeah. way to put it. Well, that rollback happens. They nobody's going to be doing that. that oh, the ball. Hey, oh, you're fine. It's okay. Dog likes the podcast. Hey. It's fine. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it's it's going to be an interesting time for architecture. Again, people appreciating it, uh, f- forced to watch it because it's going to be featured, forced yeah. to hear it. What's your sense of, of of the public's appreciation of not necessarily the history, but of the architecture? I think their appreciation of the ar- the architecture is preceding their appreciation of the provenance and the history. Oh God, I mean, like architecture way outweighs history at this point. Yeah. I mean, you can thank. Golf Club Atlas. You can thank, you know, the Fried Egg. Yeah, Andy um, and those guys. You can thank Feed the Ball and Derek and all these yeah. different podcasts that, you know. I think that's outstanding. They, they've done an amazing job bringing yeah. credit and um, strength to how great golf course architecture yeah. is. And, and appropriate discredit to bad architecture. Yeah, right. But I, I also you think. Recognize it, you, if I you think, don't recognize that it's bad, you don't know that it needs to be fixed. Yeah. I, I'll say this. I think. Andy particularly does an amazing job at helping to define how great golf course architecture helps you play better golf right. and makes you want to play more golf. And the novice, and I don't say this conceitingly, but the novice that doesn't know any of the principles of golf course design may not appreciate why they love it, like Ty when right. he first played it. But you see this, oh, wow. my God, moment. This is different. And, you know, their eyes open to, like, this is different than right. what I play here or there or around the corner. Yeah. And, I mean, they've done a phenomenal job. I mean, I, I'm a listener. I'm a big fan. Oh, absolutely. And so, you know, you know, when I started this endeavor, when we started, you know, working with the Society of Golf Historians, um, I, you know, it's already exceeded my expectations because I knew it was still a nonprofit organization niche of niche <laughs> though. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, I thought there'd be five people listening to the show. I didn't think 50,000 people yeah. would listen to the show. It seems insane to me. So we've been very lucky. And I, I, I am, I'm so happy that, you know, like sitting across the table, someone appreciates golf. Should we history interview somebody? You want to bring Should a guest? Who's listening? Who, hey, who, who listens to the podcast? Yeah, yeah, come on over here. Come on. <laughs> we got two mics. Let's go. Pull up a chair. Pull up a chair. <laughs> no, 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 in here, in here. Yeah, I go right You're here. You're going to get so in the hot seat. Get, move this mic out of the way. We don't have to use it. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I listened to a lot of your, uh, when you were doing the. What's your name? What's your name? Say Zach, your name. Zach Peterson. Right. Where are you uh, from, Zach? Oak Creek, oh, Wisconsin. <laughs> Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Outstanding. Right out of, just south of Milwaukee there by the airport. Um, listen to a lot of your profiles on the architects. It's probably two years ago, maybe a year ago. Did you so. know about golf architecture and history before you qualify? So my, you're in the business, so you're, my you're ba- not. My background is turf management. I have a degree from Purdue University for turf management. Did a lot more sports field things of that nature, and now I'm in the kind of manufacture world where we make product for golf courses. So you've seen, you've probably seen more physically than we have on the ground. Talk about how long have you been in business? Graduated Purdue 2012. Right. 
Um, have golf since I was five years old. Where'd you grow up playing golf? McHenry Country Club. Where's that? Uh, McHenry, Illinois. Yep, McHenry, Illinois. Yep. So about an hour, 15 minutes northwest Chicago. So when you started, what was the definition of a really good golf course? Conditions, I think. Right. Growing up, you know, you have good greens, good fairways, green green grass, right? Yeah. What did, a, what did good, a good green mean to you then? Green grass, right? Fast, get, speed, stem? I, I didn't think so, but now being in the industry, the, the stem, you know, it, it the thing I think we need to kind of get away from too is this old architecture. Some of these equipment's changed. Yep. We cannot have greens rolling 12 oh, hello, at a thank CB, you. CB McDonald <laughs> golf course, right? I just played St. Louis Country Club. Yeah. You can't have those greens rolling what they're rolling. Right. It, so equi- when you, equipment's change. And, and so you have to communicate this as – what what is – what do you – what tools do you give supers and, and committees to explain that to their membership? I mean, our memberships – some members are reluctant to slow down their greens. What, what kind of things do we need to – you know, what's out there? What the hell is happening? What are you seeing? There, I, I think what you guys are doing, communicating the message. Are they getting to, it? I mean, are you seeing people saying, "Yeah, we we can't run this stuff at"? 15? I, I don't. I'm I'm not. I'm a very public golfer. I get out 25 times a year. I travel throughout the Midwest yeah. and play random courses that I want to play when I can. I'm not a member to a country club, so I I don't know that back end of it. What's your best random course we should go see? Ooh, Pine Hills, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. That's not random, though. That's a that's that's kind of the that's kind of the that's underground kind of that's ground zero for for um, whistling straights really so that's kind of that's a give me something public. public we've seen culver we've seen what you know we've the midwest culver. throw one out that maybe is out there that nobody has stumbled on or i mean you guys know kinky elks yeah i don't it's yeah kinky Lang- langford it's a Lang- yeah. spring valley yeah, that's kind of been Andy's tapped that one. I know it's hard. Yeah, Eagle Springs. Yeah, they're all, they're all tapped. That's good though. I mean, those it's, those are the you know, they they need to be recognized. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I, I I like Morningstar in Waukesha. Oh yeah, I that's like a, that. That's a yeah, nice course. Old Quarry. Um, yeah. I anyway, think, I digress. I mean, yeah, but your 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 point is valid, right? Like yeah. I, people have to understand, you can't run everything at fifteen. No. It, and yeah. it's not fun, right? We we want to have if it's consistent. You you go from the practice putting green to that. Maybe it's consistent, but it it's not that fun. What do you think of this? Have you played? Uh, you got first time. you got a Sweetens uh, on Sweetens Cove. Okay, we played as a nine-some back in August last year. I played 39 holes as a nine-some, wow. and it was probably one of the best times I've ever had with my college roommates. And you grew up playing golf, so that didn't yeah. af- that didn't offend you playing as a nine-some based on the old rules of golf. No, yeah, that's awesome. Not one bit. It was there's 40 people on the course there, and it was we ordered a Domino's pizza I think halfway through the day, and it was oh, great. Outstanding, <laughs> outstanding. What do you got? Questions. We got, we got it. You know, we got. Uh, we've pulled somebody from the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you've listened to the Talking Golf History podcast, and you said you listened to the shows on the Architects. Which one's your favorite? I I love Rainer courses. Oh yes. Yeah. But Piapi, I think Piapi yeah, was Piapi my, was yeah. in there, and yeah. uh, I've, I've played Shore Acres. Shoreacres great. Enjoy Shoreacres. Played Blue Mound. I've, you know, you kind of correlate CB McDonald with Rainer. Yeah, I yeah. Have, I haven't done Chicago Golf Club, obviously. Um, it's really good. Yeah, I've done St. <laughs> Louis Country Club. I haven't played St. Louis, oddly enough. I've had a couple invites Bill. and it fell through. I built a surgery center, medical office building in St. Louis, and I thought that was going to tie into, but then COVID hit and yeah. ruined the whole it's, shebang. I mean, in that area, you. You can't beat it. I know. Yeah, I, I, I think hear. it only tips out at like six, seven. It's great, unbelievable. Um, no, I, I'm a, kind of a Rainer guy. You know, they and at that time moving that amount of land. And I like Langford Moreau too. 
Big Lasonia fan. For the price, can't beat it. And what do you what do you think of Landman? As we're here, incredible. It really is, right? It, it's for King Collins to put this. I think it, it's only going to get better once they, I think you know, clean up the natives. Yep. And things like that. Everything grows in and matures. And see, so, you know, those those greens and fair, the fairways are fantastic right now. I think yeah. The greens are only going to get better. I mean, some some of the hardest holes out here are the short holes. 100%. Right, your drivable par fours. On eight, I, I had we, to pick we up mentioned today. four. What did you guys do on four? That insane L-shaped green. Yeah. Um, four. What did we do? It's a drivable. It's got a green that falls off in every direction, including the middle. We all actually. I think we all kind of hit driver. It was like 290, right? Yeah. Played 290. Yep. I think we all kind of bailed to the left a little bit. I did too. We did too. Played great. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean. It's an insane green, but it's yeah. a phenomenal one. But then, I, even, I mean, the hard, one of the hardest holes out here is the eighth hole. It's a 100-yard par three. I thought Seemingly I, nothing to it. I hit a 50-degree wedge. It was playing like 115 today. Yep. We, we played the green tees. Yep. I don't know what you yep. played. Um, fantastic. I thought I hit just a perfect shot on the green, and it trickled off the back. Into the bunker? And then I ping-pawed the ball and just picked oh, up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think you might – we mentioned before before we started the show that – um, today we play the green as well. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever hit that green in regulation yeah. out of three rounds. Yeah. It reminds me of – I've never played LACC, but, like, it reminds me of, what is it, 15 at LACC yeah. from last, watching the U.S. Open last yeah. week. When they were ping-ponging yeah. around the place. Yeah. yeah. Easy and, to do out there. And there's so many – if you really want to bail out on every green, there is a spot to do it. So, what have you seen uh, in your years of working in golf? Have you sensed a change in appreciation appreciation of the architecture by the I, members and the conditioning, et cetera? Give us sort of what it was like when you started versus what it is now. I guess being in it, I mean, we can all relate. COVID has helped golf, right? Yeah. It's, there's a public boom. It's hard to get a tea timing event. I mean – I play a lot of, you know, brown deer. Right. I love There's two. Brown deer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I try to play. Brown deer in Milwaukee and brown yeah. deer in uh, Coralville. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, you yeah. there you go. In Milwaukee, yeah. <laughs> there you go. No, but I, I love brown deer in Milwaukee, you know. I, yeah. But sometimes to get a tea time out there is You got to get up hard. at 6 a.m. Yeah. And I I will say, Milwaukee Country Club. Yeah. Great. Um, but it's going back to public golf it's it's hard to to get tea times right now yeah we need more golf yeah well interesting yeah good golf good golf well, i will agree with that even yeah. even some of those other Milwaukee county courses yeah they're full yeah everything's full yeah but that's where the you get the advantage of a private club right yeah Did, so talk about the condition now you've seen uh, an evolution in conditioning at the public level Yes and no. I mean, there's. I think labor is a very big issue uh-huh. for the golf industry. It's it's hard to get people to work for that dollar amount. You know, it, but there's a reason. I I was the grounds manager for the Milwaukee Brewers before kind of coming into the manufacturing sales role. There's a reason you kind of get out of the day to day grind. Is yeah. Because it's a grind. You know, day to day is is hard going in mowing grass. What kind of grass is in there? This is great. We're Kentucky bluegrass. Oh, this is fantastic. Um, what a what! This is a great sideline yeah. right here. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the history. Yeah. Of yeah. Grass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, so this is before, right? but <laughs> Landman here, they're killing it. Yeah, they're the conditions of this course incredible. Are they a client? I don't know. What? <laughs> <laughs> they should. Yeah. Maybe. Well, we'll we'll introduce you to. Yeah. Yeah, to pack, yeah. <laughs> just in case. Yeah. No, he, I got a distributor over here that's hopefully okay, working good. on that. <laughs> All right, man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, we'll be in touch. We got your card. Definitely. We yeah. appreciate your time. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks yeah. for jumping. Pulling in people from the crowd. Yeah. Thanks Love for it. coming on the show, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all we got. Yeah, I, mean, I think I we're think in an we, hour. Yeah. If you're still in, thank you. 
Yeah, if that was... You, if you left early, you just missed that. That was yeah. actually kind of cool. And if you left early, that's okay, because this yeah. was unplanned. Yeah. If you couldn't tell, we had no subject matter to go off of. <laughs> yeah. If you couldn't tell. It was nice and warm. Connor I wasn't mean, complaining how cold it is. We got a soundtrack. Yeah. We had some drunk people in the background. We had a dog. We, there was a spider that almost killed you. Yeah, I was trying to do a little one. We Not sure how history. much background noise there really is. So I we'll don't know. Find out. We're gonna find. It's probably yeah, a lot. This might be useless. <laughs> <laughs> this never comes on air. <laughs> We're some, just you know having a couple some beers guys in L.A. Hey, yeah. can you clean this? Can you what can you scrub this? What are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> Did you record this at the fairgrounds? Yeah. Are you sitting in like a Seven Eleven or something? What's going on? Yeah, we should have some glow in the dark golf balls yeah. hit that course right now. All right, man. That's another one. All Hopefully, right. it turns out. If not, we'll do something else. It's good. All right. Check it out. Love you, man. See you, man. Love you, man. If you've made it through this podcast, congratulations, or perhaps my condolences. I have no idea what happened, but it happened. Vaughn will probably kill me for releasing such a raw version of the podcast, but I figured I'd give you a little bit of realism this time around. Until next time, when there's actually probably going to be an interview, yours in golf history, this is Connor T. Lewis.